A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. Where did you get this pure thought and impure thought business? Who are you to decide what is pure and impure? This is the way life is made. There's nothing pure, there's nothing impure. Life is just the way it is. It's for you. A culture that is obsessed with and prioritizes a separation from and control of natural human desire. Hello and welcome to Impure Rethought. Hi! My name is Victoria, aka Vika by some people of various relationships with me. And my name's Meg, also known as Maggie, or Margaret if you want to be real formal. And Impure Rethought is a show about how purity, patriarchy, and profit have shaped modern culture. Um, also specifically illuminated by our backgrounds and eventual deconstruction in the evangelical church yes really light fluffy topic yeah super fun <laughs> um today we have a topic that i get to present on which i am really excited about we have a topic we today. do have a topic Whoa, <laughs> really branching out crazy <laughs> um we are going to be talking about mlms which you may better know as pyramid schemes although i will get into it um which I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on. Um, I have many thoughts and opinions on many, many things. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's not really a thing I don't have an opinion about. But MLM specifically, uh, for a long time, I was a freelancer. And I used to get targeted by MLMs all the time. Trying to find ways to make money as like a young woman in my early 20s. So, before we get into it, Meg, I would love to know your general thoughts about MLMs. My general thoughts. Yeah, and also, very specifically, what do you think this has to do with Christianity? Okay. And also capitalism. Okay. (laughs) Because that's where we're going. You might might not think that this has a lot to do with either of those things, (laughs) but you would be surprised. (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess my general thoughts, MLMs, like, really prey on the desires of like moms Mm -hmm. traditionally to like provide for their families in a way that is acceptable culturally whether that's American culture at large depending on like the time or area that you're in or church culture Mm -hmm. so they really like take advantage of that and like use those social networks that those moms have built for themselves yeah you're really not far off (laughs) i've Um, listened to quite a few podcasts on this (laughs) yeah it's like a pretty popular (laughs) podcast topic it is i think it's really fascinating because it's like a very sort of unique social structure that isn't i'm actually gonna close this window because i can hear the cars okay yeah Um, and i just interrupted myself so (laughs) that's okay have fun editing that (laughs) uh welcome back yeah I missed you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, I'm going to start by asking you a few questions. Ooh, okay. I can't wait. I love answering questions. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I love trivia so much. Um, A few questions that I want you to just answer off the top of your head. Okay. Not something I'm great at doing, but I'll try. Okay. What is an MLM? 
Um, a multi-level marketing uh, company, I guess. Um, that's what it stands for. That is true. Uh, wow, I feel like I'm being pop quizzed. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, there's there's no... Well, there is a right answer, but I don't expect yeah. you to have it because I didn't tell you. Okay, I think... From what I understand, it's, like, not legally a pyramid scheme, but it's allegedly a pyramid scheme. Don't sue us, Supreme <laughs> Court or whatever. I don't know how the law works. The Direct Selling Association. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They direct come sales. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the phrase. Um, out of MLM representatives, if you just had to guess, what percentage would you say are specifically women? Ooh. I would say probably, like... Out of the representatives, not, like, the people who run the companies. Yeah, the representatives. Like, the sales people. Um, I would guess, like, 85 to 90%. Okay. And my last question for you is, when did the term stay-at-home mother (gasps) enter the cultural lexicon? Whoa! It's always been there forever. That's what (laughs) I think in my brain. Um, Wow. I would guess, like... 80s because I don't know almost all moms of a certain class obviously before then were stay-at-home moms so it wasn't really a term that we needed Mm. that's my guess gotcha all right well let's let's get into it I can't wait to hear whether or not I was right (laughs) (laughs) um so MLMs we have correctly defined they are multi-level marketing companies and they're also called network marketing Um, which I remember from when I was getting, like, advertised to be in MLMs all the time. Interesting. Um, Can I ask, like, what were some of the MLMs you were getting targeted Yeah, I had a lot of, like, travel agent MLMs target me because... Travel agent MLMs. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I've never heard of that. So it would be like if you would, like, use somebody's specific site or code to book something, then you would make money off of that trip. Um, So it's pretty... Yeah, and they would, like, offer you discounts or, like, flashy whatever, flashy Mm -hmm. things to get you to sign up to take their trip that way. Um, And that was specifically because I was in a lot of travel-oriented groups. I was living abroad. I had worked at a travel agency before, so I had a lot of people target me that way. Um, A lot of MLMs are, like, wellness-focused, like yoga, leggings, tea, like, Herbalife is huge. Um, Herbalife is tea? No, I think Herbalife is actually vitamins. Okay, I thought it was vitamins. But what am I thinking of? Fit tea. Oh. Which I'm not sure if that is an MLM or just something that is... It does feel like it has, like, MLM vibes. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely (laughs) does. Um, I don't mean that in a good way. No, yeah, like, (laughs) basically, if it's something that, like, your high school bully is trying to sell you you on Instagram, it's probably not a good... <laughs> yes! It's always your high school or college bully. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey girl, <laughs> we're not friends. So, MLMs, um, in my research, I found out that there's actually, like, a pretty big focus on selling things at in-home parties, which mm-hmm. I think has mostly shifted to social media nowadays. I remember I had, like, a cousin on Facebook who got into, like, a beauty brand MLM, mm-hmm. and she would host, like, lives of her, like, trying on this mascara or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which didn't look great. <laughs> <laughs> but what? The products she was selling weren't premium top-notch products? 
Um, there is a, an MLM that you may have heard of. It's called Avon. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Mary Kay is also an MLM. Mm-hmm. So those are like You can the... get the like pink Cadillac. Mm-hmm. I think those are Supposedly. like... <laughs> also, you know what else I was thinking about when I was researching this episode? Like, you know what the original MLM is? Is Girl Scout cookies. <gasps> I love Girl Scout cookies. Don't sue me. Allegedly. And I'm just saying they have... <laughs> MLM vibes. They do. Like, I will be buying them for the rest of my life. Absolutely. But, like, I remember going to, like, a Girl Scout convention when I was, like, eight or nine in San Jose, California. (laughs) And, like, if you sold a certain amount of cookies, you could get this, like, special spy pen. And it was, like, spy themed. And I thought it was so cool. And, like, the older I get, the more I look or the more research I do into MLMs, the more it reminds me of that convention. So I think, like, it's a pretty actually well established genre of thing. Yeah. Like is Girl Scouts a pipeline to like MLMs? <gasps> that would be so interesting. Yeah. Somebody should do a study on that. I they don't know. Should. I was a Girl Scout, but I wasn't a very good one. I so. was a Girl Scout for one year and then I got tired of going to the meetings. <laughs> yeah. I was um, like, all I want to do is ride my horse. <laughs> I'm a horse girl. That's all that matters to me. Anyway. So, yeah, something that I thought was really interesting that I did not know was that there is big focus on selling things at in-the-home parties. Um, Tupperware parties. Yeah, Tupperware parties. Like, like if I think about it, they're things that make sense, but nothing, but I guess I've just, like, kind of internalized it as, like, a Facebook thing, Mm -hmm. even though that's really not what it was, or even still is for most people. 75% of MLM sales reps are women. So... Only 75. Only 75. That surprises me, actually. Yeah. That was also a surprising statistic for me. But I know that they have launched some MLMs that are more focused on men recently. Some, like, protein powder. Yeah. Protein MLMs. (laughs) Get checked. Yeah. However, I think because they specifically focus on your social network of people that you personally know, they were always more targeted at women. Um, that's not a fact. I, that's my opinion. Yeah. That sounds like a fact to me because it's also my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Per the president of the Direct Selling Association, whose name I did not write down. For some reason, I thought you were going to say, per the president of the United States. (laughs) I feel like Donald Trump would definitely have an MLM, but thankfully he's not president anymore. He has supported them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. In his campaign, yeah. (gasps) That makes sense, because he's like the ultimate scammer. Yeah. So he loves those. Yeah, that makes sense. So, the difference between a pyramid scheme and an MLM. Pyramid schemes are illegal, and MLMs are, are not. Although, MLMs are illegal in most of the European Union. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, so the difference... As they should be, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> no, I agree with you. The difference is that, in a pyramid scheme, the income comes from recruits. So, the more people you recruit, the more money you make. And in, in, in an MLM, you are selling actual products. So it's like mm. a pretty common practice for for you to join an MLM. You'll have to put down 200 to $500 of something on like a starter kit. So their justification is that you are buying actual products. Of course, 
the money is still coming from the recruits because you make money off of the things that they buy from you. Right. So that's why it's called, they're called your downline. The people that you recruit are called your downline and the people that make money off of you are your upline. Mm -hmm. And your uplines are supposedly supposed to be like mentors, but if your mentor is like making direct money off of you, that's kind of an incentive to not be a great mentor. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of a conflict of interest there, So there's like an... Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) There's like an MLM primer for you. Um, I'm now going to switch modes a little bit, but I promise we'll come back to this. Flawless transition. I can't wait. (laughs) We're so good at transitions. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you another couple of questions. So you correctly guessed that stay-at-home mom entered the lexicon in the 1980s. (gasps) Yay, go me. (laughs) Almost, with like Uh, a little bit of a caveat. No. I just wanted my win. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to ask you two questions. How much do you think that a new mother spends on a baby in a year? Oh my god. In a whole year? Yeah. On average? Yeah. In the United States? In the United States. Okay. Like this, like makes a difference yeah. dollar wise in my brain. <laughs> um, uh, wow. I don't know. I would guess like 20,000 or something like that. It's actually a little bit less than that. On okay. average, it's $12,000. I'm very scared of children. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to spend $40,000 on one child for yeah. a year. Um, it's about $12,000 a new okay. mother will spend on a baby wow. in the first year alone. That's so much. Yeah. Um, studies have also shown that if you leave a job to have a baby, you, your pay will stagnate and you will make less than your male counterparts and you will be discriminated against, which is awesome. And also, we were talking about this earlier, but also even if you are a married woman and you don't have a family or intend to start a family, your pay will also suffer. R.I.P. me. (laughs) A very married person. (laughs) True. (laughs) You are very married. (laughs) Um, okay, another question for you. How much do you think stay-at-home moms would get paid if they were paid for their labor? Ooh. Like, what would your yearly salary for a stay-at-home mom be? Wow, because they work so many hours. Mm -hmm. What I think it should be is, like, (laughs) (laughs) $200,000. Yeah. Realistically, I don't know. Yeah. So you're actually not that far off. Ooh, so this okay. is from an Australian article that I found on mamamia.au, and they quoted a study done on salary.com. Hmm. So stay-at-home moms would make 225000 Australian dollars if they were paid for their labor. So wow. in USD, and I adjusted it for inflation because the study was done in 2019, hmm. that's a yearly salary of 170... <laughs> a hundred and seventy two thousand dollars nine hundred oh my god a hundred and seventy two thousand dollars nine hundred forty eight jesus christ (laughs) a hundred and seventy two thousand nine hundred forty eight dollars and seventy five cents wow yeah so basically all stay-at-home moms deserve to be earning mid six figures at the very least Mm -hmm. and this is a another quote i'm going to read from an article on MLM specifically targeting stay-at-home moms on pop sugar, um, which is also a little bit older, but I will link it in the show notes. Anyone with a Facebook account can be pitched products, but it's hard to deny the overwhelming number of mothers being targeted. 
Overall, 75% of those who work for MLMs are women, with moms making up a large part of that percentage, confirmed Mm -hmm. Patton. Moms with newborn babies want nothing more than to be able to stay home with their child, not have to go back into the workforce, and simultaneously make some good money. And that's the way a lot of these MLMs are marketed, that you can make full-time pay working part-time hours, which is very true. That's definitely something that I heard a lot mm-hmm. when I was being pitched by MLMs all the time, which was like, you don't really have to work that much, or it's like an investment in your business, Yeah, and then you will be rich basically sounds great (laughs) yeah right i wish i wish that was the case yeah so a lot of the mlm companies are easily marketed towards moms like we kind of touched on this a little bit but there's a lot of like leggings essential oils like natural Mm -hmm. cleaning products health shakes this is kind of changing now, but the health cent- the health centric ones in particular are like really marketed towards mothers, especially new mothers. And new mothers, this is just like personal anecdote that I'm adding here. I have heard and read a lot that new mothers in particular can really struggle with a sense of social community because like so their friends might not be at the same stage in their life. They've right. left their job, which was a big social factor for them. Yeah. Um, usually the other caretaker is still working, so they're not around. So the isolation is pretty bad. So yeah. along horrible. comes an MLM to be like, here is a new community of women that is so excited about you as long as you buy this product. Mm-hmm. So on the term stay at home. It starts cropping up in the 1980s, but it really takes off in the 1990s, which is when women were really joining the workforce in, Mm. like, droves. To be clear, women have always worked, but stay-at-home mom in particular was, as as you said earlier, a woman of a certain class that basically could afford to have a sole breadwinner and then a parent at home, which we will also get into a little bit later. Later. (laughs) labor um so the lone stay at home however now this i found really interesting what do you think that means stay at home predates stay at home mom by at least 100 years just stay just stay at home to describe a person interesting i would almost expect like i don't know like it to be referring to someone disabled or something like that yeah you're you're like kind someone of who can't leave the house mm, you're like not not super far off however stay at home means someone who doesn't travel and who doesn't participate in military service that requires travel abroad whoa that's yeah. so specific i that's know so weird okay used in literature by both jane austen and charles dickens whoa yeah and they so. feel like they wrote books 4,000 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So it goes back to at least the early 1800s, so definitely, like, at least 200 years ago. Wow. Um, And then housewife, which is modernly a derogatory term. Mm -hmm. It conjures drudgery and kind of, like, emphasizes serving the needs of a husband. Yeah. Stretches all the way back to the early 1200s. (gasps) Oh! whoa yeah (laughs) the 1200s yeah like how do we even have words that we still use so by the mid 1900s so i would say around 1960 1950 1960s another term enters the american lexicon homemaker which by the 1970s most women are referring to themselves as homemakers rather than housewives interesting Mm -hmm. yeah Part of like 
what is that like second wave feminism yes. or something yeah exactly part of second wave feminism it was seen as a little bit more active than mm-hmm. housewife and contributing more of an like active role to the household and it also could be, in theory be applied to a man although it was not rarely and still isn't yeah i remember one time my sister had a boyfriend in high school and her and his mom i don't remember where we were but she was like filling out a form and they asked her what her occupation was and she was like i'm a homemaker and i had never heard that word before yeah and i was and i googled it later because i was like what does You're this like, mean Do you build houses yeah <laughs> yeah so it's kind of fallen out of our lexicon now and we yeah. mostly use stay-at-home mom And that was also kind of due to the fact that in the 90s, there was a political sort of correctness that came around. So time.com has helpfully given me a couple of alternatives for a homemaker, (laughs) which are domestic engineer. Oh, wow. Parenting professional. Okay. Or household technician. Household technician. Mm -hmm. I kind of like parenting professional, actually. So stay-at-home moms didn't really become a thing actually until after World War II. Hmm. Even in like Victorian times, socializing was seen as like part of a woman's responsibilities. So you weren't just home all the time and you would travel and you would go places on like long vacations and go to parties and things like that these are like upper class yes yeah i am i am focusing specifically on the upper class we'll get a little bit into the actual domestic labor um, of women later but after world war ii there was like obviously a large period of economic prosperity where more families were basically able to live on a single income Mm -hmm. so more people were allowed to or i guess able to stay at home and not have to work Mm -hmm. than before because people were able to actually make money and not just inherit it. So according to a study by the U.S. Census Bureau's Fertility and Family Statistics Branch, women's employment over the last 40 years outside of the home has been steadily on the rise. Perhaps not surprisingly, men's real wages during the last 40 years have experienced a steady decline. This was from a study done in 1995. Hmm. Such that women's wages in paid work are an increasing component of family income. So... Although it was possible to live on a single income after World War II, it's not anymore. Which, mm-hmm. as any millennial can tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, now, second wave feminism combined with a stagnation of wages kind of catapults women into the workforce en masse. Uh, upper class women. So the key difference is that before World War II, uh, most upper class women had domestic help. It was specifically usually poor foreign-born help who couldn't afford housing or who were in otherwise precarious situations. Mm. So after World War I and during the 20s, there was a decline in white domestic servitude because factory work was actually far more stable. And um, That makes sense. Yeah, and I read a couple of papers about, like, um, historical accounts of people who were, like, house help or ladies maid and they had terrible working hours and sometimes if the upper class women were actually like living in genteel poverty they would just forget to pay them 
but mm. because these people were they didn't have housing they couldn't go anywhere else yeah and they had to be up before the family was up and to bed after they were to bed mm-hmm. and sometimes like, i've watched down now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, sometimes yeah. they were beaten they were often sexually abused by the master of the house Ugh. so after the industrial revolution lots of poor white people who previously were domestic help flee for factory work which will pay them it's not very safe but it pays them Mm -hmm. and they have set hours and they're not being like directly abused yeah it makes sense so not that they were like treated super fairly but like maybe a little better yeah like must have been better yeah like what they were willing to put up with yeah Mm mm-hmm So those roles were actually increasingly filled by black women as, Mm -hmm. and then they would... The domestic... Yeah, domestic servitude, um, who had come from the South looking for work, and it was seen as kind of demeaning work to do, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. super stable, and they were hired often as live-out day help, so they would come Mm -hmm. in the day to help uh, do the dishes while the mistress of the house was doing something and then they would leave i also read some pretty harrowing accounts of how the black women doing this were treated so like it still wasn't good no um but the expectation for a woman to run a household alone didn't really come into play until the 1950s Mm. and it largely depended on the exploitation of immigrants and black people so nothing really has changed yeah What, like, brought that change on? Are you getting to that? Yes. Okay. It was mostly the Industrial Revolution. That, like, in the 50s? Oh, no, that was World War II. Oh, so people... right, right, right. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, I'll sum it up. So, yeah, basically, because more people could live on a single income, then only one parent needed to work and the other could stay home. It was also not super common until the until after World War II and kind of like the suburban housing developments that living isolated from other people was a thing. Like you were kind of always living in a community before, mm. no matter where you were. R.I.P. For real. Um, so World War II happens. There's the economic boom. Then 60s sees the civil rights. The 70s sees second wave feminism happen and married mothers with young children are actually the driving force for the rise of women's employment rate Hmm. so in 1968 about 37 percent of working age married women with young children were employed in 2011 it was about 65 percent so it's still like not as high of a statistic as you would think yeah um but it is nearly double. Then I read another article that said despite the trend of more mothers working for pay, American parents actually spend more time with their children now than they used Hmm. to, which makes sense because in like 1960 or whatever, the fathers were like, go kick a ball and don't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fathers have nearly tripled the time they spend with their children, Mm. which in 1965 was 2.5 hours. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's triple nothing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To 7.3 hours today. Um, And the time that mothers specifically spent with their children did actually decline in the 70s and 80s, but it has increased today. And Mm. uh, this is from a study that Pew Research did. 
So today, mothers spend more time with their children than mothers did in the 1960s. However, here is something interesting. When do you think that women's rights, as we know them, came to pass? Like, so I'm including women's right to vote, hold a bank account, line of credit, own property, um, sexual harassment in the workplace, like workplace protections. When, when do you think that we got the last workplace protection, kind of like comprehensive women's rights as we know them? The workplace protections, yeah, I feel like you went like oldest to newest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this decade, this decade, this decade, this decade. And then workplace protections, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would kind of guess like the aughts or something like that. Yeah, you're pretty close. 1998. Wow. Yeah, which Jeez. I was really shocked at that. That yeah. seems, I guess it's like almost 30 years ago, but that, that's so recent. It's so recent. We were alive already. Yeah. I can't believe that's almost 30 years ago. Kinda. I know. <laughs> we're so close to 30. I know. So I'm going to take you through like a brief timeline of women's rights just to understand how monumental it was for women to even be able to work in the first place because even though women were able to work they didn't actually have the right to like own their money for a really long time yeah so even if you were working your wages legally they were your husband's if you were married which was also a reason that um when domestic labor was super like popular to have help in the house the masters of the house would like restrict their servant girls social lives because they didn't want them to get married and run Mm -hmm. off with young men Mm -hmm. and leave them so in mississippi in 1839 women get to own property in their own name wow previously i think the only way for a woman to own property was to inherit it Mm -hmm. um don't quote me on that yeah That actually feels, like, earlier than I expected. It was only Mississippi, which also feels incredibly (laughs) progressive. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah, the Mississippi of 1830-something. I already forgot the number. 1839. 1839 is not the Mississippi we know today. Yeah. In, like, so many ways. But anyway. True. Uh, In 1848, New York passed the Married Women's Property Act which made a woman not automatically liable for the debts of her husband, allowed her to enter contracts, and enabled her to collect rents and and permitted her to receive inheritance. Wow. So... Well, she wasn't allowed to receive inheritance before. Yeah, at least not in New York State. It's okay. kind of like... interesting. Yeah, it kind of varies based on the state. However, a lot of the states seem to have followed in the other's footsteps. Right. Relatively close together. Yeah. Famously... White women get the right to vote in 1920. Mm-hmm. Black women get the right to vote in 1965. So much later. Yeah. God. Indigenous women get the right to vote in 1924, although voter suppression was a huge issue and yeah. remains a huge issue for black and indigenous women. Mm-hmm. Women get the right to have a bank account in the 1960s, the late yeah. 1960s, uh, and it's actually 1975 in the UK. Whoa! Yeah. Oh my god. And they didn't pass any legislation addressing voter suppression until 1975. None at all. Wow. So, although these rights were technically granted, they were not necessarily... Widely recognized? Yeah. Yeah. They were not necessarily accessible. Right. 
So that's kind of like all the facts I have about women's rights. <laughs> but what does that have to do with MLMs? You may ask. Well, because we can no longer live on a single income, women are now pressured to bring in a full income and support a full household while also doing all of the domestic labor without any help. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Super cool for us. <laughs> Which was really historically never the case. Like, mm-hmm. even in the 1980s, it wasn't the case. Yeah. Because one parent wouldn't be working. Like, your right. full-time job would be taking care of children. Which, even, even in the 1800s, although you weren't earning wages for that, like, you would be living off of your husband's income. Yeah. Um, or his inheritance, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Your husband legally would be providing for you so that's like the main thing that has changed and then MLMs in particular prey on stay-at-home moms because they are particularly predatory to isolated women who want to work and also have time to raise children right which is really just like not super possible or sustainable in our current but it's also not an unreasonable desire yeah But because we have made raising children a very isolating experience when, like, historically it was not that way at all, the nuclear family really, really is messing things up for us. Truly. And uh, traditionally, also, like, I'm I'm just saying this off of my kind of personal knowledge of, like, historical society in, like, the early to mid-1800s, like, it also wasn't super common for upper-class men to work until the Industrial Revolution. Mm. Like, you might be a landlord or something, but to have, like, a nine-to-five wasn't very standard. Not that men spent any more time with their children then, but, (laughs) you know, I guess you'd have the option. Sure. So now we have, in kind of the late 90s, early 2000s, a unique landscape in which there are women working full nine-to-five jobs being expected to contribute half of their income to the household, also doing the bulk of the childcare, and making less than their male counterparts because they've had a family, and also, like, having to deal with the costs and effects of pregnancy. Ugh. God. <laughs> um, Why is it so hard to just exist? Yeah. God. I love it here. And that does tie into kind of, like, biblical ideals about what a woman should be and her role as, Mm -hmm. like, serving the husband. Yeah. And which we are going to have a whole episode on. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, And her, like, being a vessel to serve children, basically. So. Produce and raise. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of a very unique way in which... Christianity and capitalism intersect Mm -hmm. and I think like MLMs really took off during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah interesting they probably did yeah I don't have any facts about that so nobody quote me but that's just my hypothesis yeah it definitely makes sense because we were all Mm -hmm. much more isolated and a bunch of people got like furloughed and laid off yeah I was also much more willing to like buy shit that I don't need yeah (laughs) for sure I was like, we're all gonna die. Yeah. Time to order costumes from Latvia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we were, there 
has been a big, I guess, movement of people recognizing and asking for better treatment in their workplaces. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable that like MLMs would like really draw you in, like yeah. be your own boss, make your own hours, get especially, out what you put in, kind yeah. of language. Yeah. And especially because a big component of the pandemic was that a lot of people lost childcare. Mm-hmm. So. It's like, you can't really have a nine-to-five and raise children at the same time. Yeah. And it was, like, one of the biggest complaints. And um, I read, like, a couple of statistics because I was mad at my boyfriend about chores. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, have this report. Um, (laughs) That even if you are in a partnership where you are a heterosexual, cisgender, male and female couple, and you perceive that you're doing household, household work equally, the woman is actually probably doing about 70% of the housework Mm. and the man is doing 30%. Mm. But because 30% seems like so much that (laughs) that we just think that they're doing all of it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I would like to do a public shout out to Daniel who does like (laughs) like legitimately does like 90% of the housework because I don't have executive functioning skills. (laughs) I, like, also don't, I just also can't relax when it's not clean, Mm -hmm. and then I, because it just becomes another, like, to-do list item for me. I get that. That I can't, like, and then I just feel bad about it, and then I cry. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's my solution. (laughs) Um... Yeah, and I think in the study I read, again, I am loosely quoting, and I will put the actual number in the show notes, but women on average spend 11 hours on housework. Wow. Wait, and um, in a day or? In a week, sorry. Okay, that makes more you sense. <laughs> that was like 11 only... hours in a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was men spend like four or something mm. like that. Again, not a real statistic. Don't judge me. <laughs> but. It was something like that. I yeah. believe you. Yeah. Good. So that is MLMs preying on stay-at-home mothers who have definitely, I know in our evangelical upbringing, there was a huge pressure to like be a stay-at-home mom. For sure. Yeah. That was my life goal. My plan when I like went to college, I was initially studying elementary education, Mm -hmm. one of the acceptable jobs Mm -hmm. for a woman. True. Yeah. You can only be a caretaker. Mm-hmm. Of some kind. Exactly. And I was like, wow, it sounds perfect to be a teacher for a few years and then have some kids and just be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about, like, the actual process of pregnancy and birth, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I... then actually having to, like, care for another human being. That, like, can't care for itself. I was like, whoa, too much, too much, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Hard enough doing that for myself. Truly. I remember when I was in high school that I never had ambitions to be a a stay-at-home mom because I don't really enjoy children, and I never have, even when I was a child. So... I guess I kind of assumed that I would have children because that was just kind of something that women did and I didn't know anybody that didn't have children, really. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I wasn't sure that that was an option for me, but I had ambitions when I was in high school to be on Broadway, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is funny Can't now. <laughs> and I think I was always like an ambitious person and I was always very creative. And I remember like going on a mission trip to that orphanage in Mexico. Yeah. And Embarrassing. Oh yeah. We hashtag were, problematic. Hashtag problematic. I mean, I was 15. I didn't know any yeah. different, but yeah. Um, we we are gonna do an episode on mission trips, and oh, that's gonna 100%. be a fun one. At least one episode. On yeah, that. that one might have to be a two parter. Yeah. And I remember the woman who ran the orphanage. I was telling her that I was going to apply to college for acting degree, and she was like, "You never know what God's plan is for you." And I was so offended. I was just <laughs> like, "How dare you?" <laughs> say that to me and I remember being so frustrated at that time but not having like not being able to put it into words and I remember being frustrated a lot that like I was kind of I felt pressured definitely to aspire to being a stay-at-home mom definitely even though like that's not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. but it was not it was not in line with what I wanted for myself and now you can be a stay-at-home mom but you can also do capitalism at the same time Mm -hmm. and exploit your friends so that's cool (laughs) The best of both worlds. Yeah, because we all know making friends based on how much money they can make you leads to some really lasting and fulfilling relationships. Yes, and really healthy ones, Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Yeah. (laughs) MLMs. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like I said, I was was like, I didn't really know what angle I was going to take for this until I started doing the research and I discovered so many historical facts that I didn't know. This is a great, like, rundown of women's history, I feel like. It's... Which is not where I expected you to go, but it was great. Yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it was wild seeing, like, how much more recent things were as yeah. well. Like, we, a hundred years ago, you and I would oh, have only had the right to vote for two years. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah. And we're, like, the lucky ones. Yeah, true. We were born with the, like, acceptable skin tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although I probably, like, Yeah, they probably exist. would have one drop ruled you, too. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, so, that's a little depressing, but... Yeah, a little depressing, but... but uh, yeah, if you're married, you can expect to earn less money than your husband forever, but also, if you're not married, you can also expect to earn less money than any male counterpart forever. <laughs> so, it just kind of sucks here. I don't know what to yeah. tell you, but MLMs are not the answer. Girl bossing is the answer. Girl bossing. What a mess. <laughs> anyway, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Impure Rethought. And also our website, which yes. we will have by the time this launches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you've listened to all three episodes so far, Thank you're you. probably like, yeah, you have a website. We get it. <laughs> you did it. Congrats. <laughs> but we secretly recorded all three of these on the same day (laughs) so but yeah thank you so much for listening if you're listening that's very exciting for us yeah yeah we hope you've learned something about women's rights today yes and yeah Uh, go girl boss (laughs) don't do that don't girl boss (laughs) i girl bossed too close to the sun yeah and now i'm really paying for it so so. true (laughs) so true bestie (laughs) yeah 
Um, I recommend that you like girl middle manager at best. Mm, yeah. Girl, quit your job. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for you to be an MLM girl boss. Oh, God. And drive your pink Cadillac around. Yeah, my pink Cadillac. Wow. It's going to be such a look for you. Yeah. Could truly never be me. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's anyway. go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. May, May your thoughts stay dirty. dirty. <laughs> I like the little snort at the end. Yeah. That's the best part. <laughs>